Welcome to The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Each and every podcast, hosts Mike Niemer and Greg Frank will bring you energy experts to help you better understand the renewable and sustainability space. Education is important to us because it's important to you, the listener. Now, here's Mike Niemer and Greg Frank. And it is episode 149 of The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. We're going to get to our guest in just a minute. My name is Greg Frank. Joined shortly by Mike Niemer, and as I said, our guest will be with us in just a few minutes. But before we get to that guest on this episode, we want to let Ann Niemer tell you a little bit about ESG. So let's hear from Ann. Ann Niemer here, COO of eRenewable. We know today whether you're a public company, private equity, or privately held company, ESG and sustainability are important to your company. At eRenewable, we can help you achieve some of those goals. If you have any questions or need any assistance with regards to reaching your sustainability goals, please visit us at eRenewable.com to learn more. As always, thank you for listening to The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. And we welcome you into episode 149 of The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Alongside Mike Niemer, I am Greg Frank, and we want to welcome in today's guest, as his name is Graham Stewart, the, the excuse me, his name is Graham Stewart, the Executive Vice President of Fiber 52, which is a textile company. And Graham, we want to welcome you on the show, and thanks a lot for spending a few minutes with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, and good morning, guys, and um, thanks for having me on the pod. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Fiber 52 and what drew you into the textile industry and kind of what you guys do as a team at Fiber 52. Okay. Um, you know, this is a method that's been developed over the past few years. Um, just to put it in some context, um, I'll give you a bit of background, you know, about the cotton textile industry. Um, as you probably know, um, cotton in textiles is a big deal. It's um, second in volume only to polyester produced around the world. Um, the good news is that cotton's a natural fiber that should be sustainable. Um, polyester is a petrochemical based product and is probably not sustainable. Um, however, cotton does attract attention and some negativity in the way it's traditionally processed, uh, as cotton has been processed for many decades and still is. Uh, traditional bleaching and dyeing of cotton um, does attract a lot of uh, criticism in the enormous amounts of energy. And um, I know energy is important for this pod. Um, it gets criticized for the excessive use of water um, and some of the chemicals that are used and the waste that's produced, which is just not sustainable. Um, the negative environmental impact um, of the unsustainable processes is really what drove us at Fiber 52 um, to, develop, to develop this patent pending process, as I said, over several years, to realize a cotton that prioritizes natural performance. And, and I, I, will, I will use natural a few times in our conversation in that what we're doing is using natural products um, to process to process cotton. Um, you know, this process really prioritize, prioritizes natural performance and the planet. We offer a sustainable way to bleach and dye and prepare cotton fabric in a very low impact way. 
uh, that's very energy efficient, um, using biologically active product as opposed to the environmentally and friendly chemicals that are in use uh, in cotton processing today. Um, the fiber 52 process naturally speeds up the whole cotton preparation process. We use much lower temperatures. Um, the shorter process times and lower temperatures save a great deal of energy. Um, when we compare the fiber 52 with the traditional process that happens today. I should also point out with fiber 52, we don't need to be continually washing the cotton and wasting water because that's a big deal in cotton processing. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of the criticism that cotton gets. Um, or do we have to reheat the water and waste energy as business traditioning in, in cotton processing? Um, to prove the claims I've mentioned, we have engaged a scientist full-time to develop a comprehensive life cycle analysis. Um, I'd like to share the, the findings so far with the pod, um, and, and you heard it first right here. Um, we the, These results are just in, and um, um, by the way, all this work will be published for, uh, for full disclosure. Um, before I give you the numbers, there are a few things to, to consider. The goal is to compare conventional cotton bleaching dyeing process with the fiber 52 bleach dye process. Um, to compare the carbon, um, carbon, carbon dioxide, water, energy footprint of conventional dyeing with fiber 52 dyeing process. In discussing the results, you'll notice I use the words up to quite advisedly because the dye machines in use around the world vary a great deal. Um, that affects the life cycle analysis. Um, for instance, the older machines that are used around the world um, use more energy um, and, and, and more water when compared with the more recently built uh, machines that use less energy and water. Uh, we've taken machinery spe specifications and real industrial dye cycles from around the world in, in this analysis. Firstly, the bleach only process. Um, let's compare that with what's you know, happening around the world right now. If we look at energy, um, which as I said, is, I know is important to this pod, um, the energy saved per kilogram of fabric with this process is up to 43.5%. Um, and I know that's an important figure for you guys. Um, the total cost of product saved is up to 17%. So that's the bioproducts that we're using versus some of the heavy products that are being used right now in processing cotton. Um, carbon CO2 emissions save up to 50.4%. So that's a big one. Uh, water per fabric kilogram saved up to 75%. Time to process fabric saved up to 50%. So that's what we call the prepare for dye. That's the bleaching process, which happens with all cotton. Um, that's to get the trash out of the cotton, to make the cotton more absorbent. So it's prepared for dye. Um, we then go on to the dyeing uh, method, which is not so much different to what's out there today. That a, a lot of the savings are there in that early stage prepare for dye. You know, on average, we save about an hour and 15 um, in, in that in, per, per dyeing. 
um, or publishing as it is in this case. And in fact, you know, some I've just done out um, on the West Coast. Um, we actually did save uh, an hour and 15 minutes over the normal process, um, which is about 50%. You know, Graham, that's that's great. Yeah, I want to interject something here for a little bit. You've been in the textile business 40 plus years. And so you've seen it for a long time. For That's a good spot to stop, I think, for you to tell the listeners where you saw this whole process evolve from 40 years ago to 30 years ago, 20, 10, and now now. Uh, you've explained now. So where have we came from to get to this point? Yeah, that, that's a real good point. Um, yeah, I, I started as a dyer um, all those years ago. Um, and we were dying, I was in England, we were dying a lot of cotton in those days, um, but we are also dying other fibres too. Um, in a way, the other fibres have moved on, um, whereas cotton's just stayed with that traditional processing. Um, and I, I don't know why, I haven't got the answers. Um, and, you know, I started noticing I was, I was doing a lot of dyeing myself. I, I, I had a really good dye house that allowed me just to do my own stuff, right? So I was, I was in there practically week in, week out. And I noticed what was going on in cotton dyeing and cotton bleaching. And I realized that the recipes and the time taken was so big, so long. I just thought maybe I could do something about this. And that's where it began. I started messing around with buying cotton myself. Um, put what it year was that? Uh, this was uh, 2018. So this was about four years ago um, when I really started to focus on this and really got interested in it. And, you know, it was trial and error, I've got to say. A lot of error. Um, but, um, you know, eventually we got nearer and, and closer. And I met my colleagues in, in Houston, um, they became very interested. That's Energy Yoga, by the way. Um, you, you may know them. Um, they, they became very interested in this um, as an energy saving process and um, as a more ecological process. And we got together and really started to move this forward. Well, you know, your timing in 2018 to start this process to try to improve it and make it more efficient is very, very uh, timely with regards to the movement going across not only our country, but across the pond in ESG and sustainability. And so you've achieved quite a bit already with your report saying that a little over 50% savings in the CO2 and the production of your cotton. So, I mean, that's what everybody's looking for. Then uh, would you say you, you saved 75% of the water that was being used when you make it now? Yeah, I, I'm saying up to. Um, up to, know, yeah. One thing in, in, is, again, what we call the liquor ratio in the machine. Some of the older machines have got a lot of liquid in whereas the newer machines don't, that affects that figure quite a lot because what we're not doing is we're not dropping the dye baths and reloading them, heating them up again. You know, we, we, we kind of cut that out. We shorten that whole, whole process, but your point's absolutely right. Around the world, the ESG um, focus is, is enormous. And yeah, that's, that's kind of not, not, not we're, we're, we've not missed that. You know, we, we, we kind of hear it every day. So do you have uh, certain vendors that you sell your cotton to that need that are looking for sustainable cotton to buy and all the other cotton makers are going to have to start doing that also? Or does that industry just price related and they don't worry about the ESG, the uh, carbon issues that we're all worrying about? 
Um, yeah, it, uh, what I must point out, Mike, is that this is a process, right? So what we're what we're in, in effect licensing is this process. So we patented we patented the process, we patented the method, and then for for a, a very small amount, we actually license. Um, we license that to producers, so that can be, um, also it can be a brand. So as you know, the brands are all coming under scrutiny um, because of the SG and because of you know the sustainable um, the sustainable issues around the world are really coming home to roost. And I think that this process, and I'll, I'll come back to that. This process allows those guys, um, you know, to 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 put out. Um, um, the statements that they need to make, um, uh, but they also have to buy into this. And Graham, that's one thing I wanted to jump in and ask. You mentioned the the buy-in and the sustainable issues around the world and, and your process in particular. How do you guys deal with some of those roadblocks and how do you kind of pivot when you might need to and kind of adjust? What's that process like for you guys when you need to kind of uh, zig a little bit when it feels like you're zagging? Yeah, good good point. We we actually go ahead and buy cotton. So you know, we, it's not we're not going to be in the cotton business per se in in processing our own cotton. But right now, to get past those roadblocks, we actually buy the cotton and process it in the brand's dye house, um, you know, or the brand's processing areas, or we we contact the big guys um, in particularly in America to start with. Um, and we we go out there and actually process it ourselves. Um, I mean, one one big one that we've got going is in Italy right now. Um, I can't mention the brands, but there's a few you know, global brands got involved in this and um, doing exactly what I've just said. We're actually buying the we're buying the yarn, uh, we're processing it, and then we let them go away and test it and compare the results with standard. Um, procedures and standard dyeing processes. I, I think also I should mention that um, once we've processed in this manner, there are some really great side effects in that cotton remains stronger. Um, we're not damaging the cotton in the way that it does get damaged with the heavy chemicals right now. So um, in this early stage where we're bleaching the cotton in a, in a more sustainable manner, we're not hitting the cotton hard. And so the the cotton has got um uh, a much more um let, let's say um stronger attribute um it can wear longer um it it doesn't you know it doesn't wear out as quickly and in a way we could even say it does challenge um those man-made fibers like polyester um certain long cottons which are very strong when we use this process they, they actually burst, we call it a burst strength test. They actually burst at the same level as some of these man-made fibers and, and even better in, in many cases. So you could say that this natural fiber can eventually challenge something like polyester, which is, you know, it's not really sustainable and, and is, is coming under a lot of scrutiny um, in ESG. So your patented product that you guys are, your patent pending, your product's going to become patent, and you're going to then license that to some of the world's clothing manufacturers so they can use that process on their gar garments. Am I understanding you correctly on that? You, you are, absolutely. Um, so, you know, you, we're looking at both ends of the scale. In fact, you know, the, the, like the trials we're doing now in, in Italy, 
with you know exalted um luxury brands um but we are, we're also working at the other end of the scale where we're looking at the big volume guys um around the world and and you know hopefully engaging with those guys and as you say you know when you when you're in that business uh when you're producing millions of garments or millions of pounds millions of yards of fabric cents count and in this process what we're not doing is being more expensive than what's out there now and in fact one of the biggest challenges and why we did this uh, life cycle analysis is to show producers how they can actually save money by saving energy um, and by saving water by saving time by using these bio products instead of using the, the traditional products um, so you know that that's a big deal Graham, last one that I'm curious about in terms of the future for you guys. And as you continue this process and continue your licensing and, you know, when your, you know, patent is approved and things like that, where do you see yourselves going and how do you want to kind of continue uh, what you've started? Um, well, much of the work right now is concentrated on the US. Um, it's just easy for us to do that. And also there's been a lot of legal work in that, the good thing about this process is that it can go worldwide in about half an hour. The downside of this process is it can go worldwide in half an hour. And so we've got to put legal protections from our point of view. So at least we can gain some of the um, expenditure, some of the investment that we've put out there <clears throat> with this small fee that we will charge processors and brands. Um, but in that, what we're doing is reinvesting it because we see this as a long road. It's not a short term issue. You know, th this is going to take some time. But what we want to do is to develop this process better. Um, <clears throat> and as we do, we'll, we'll, we'll spread around the world. We'll go to processes uh, in the major processing centers of the world, um, uh, along with the USA. I, I think a big thing here as well is that the USA, from a brand standpoint, is, you know, probably the most important place on earth. And so it's good for us to engage with brands to pull this process through as well. Um, and if I may mention um, a point from, from, from my side, which I hadn't realized is when, when we do process this, besides the strength of the fabric um, or, or the yarn, what we get is um, a moisture moving um, situation as well. So the sport, so the sport brands, um, the sport garment producers are getting real interested in this. This is a, a sweet spot for us in the cotton, co sorry, cotton's usually very absorbent. And this, the, when it's produced in this way, it's not absorbent. It's actually not clinging to your body. It's moving moisture off the skin. We haven't quite found out why, but all we can say is it's good news. Oh, that's great. Uh, I want to make sure I'm understanding this 100% perfect, Graham. You've got a, a more sustainable process to bleach and dye cotton that uses less CO2, less water, and at a lower cost than what is being used currently today in most standard cotton producers. That's a win-win, if I understand that correctly. You're absolutely right, Mike. You've you've got it in a nutshell. You know that that's that's exactly where we are. And I think the you know as to your pod, the energy thing's a big deal too. You know we 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 realise that you you add all those things up and you are saving a lot of energy in 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 the processing. Do you have an estimate of what energy savings there will be? 
Uh, yeah, we've we've done that on the uh, on the LCA. I'd have to I'd have to kind of look at the figures as they're they're only just in. But um, yeah, when you add it up overall, um, uh, the di the dying process um, is pretty similar to what's happening right now. I mean, again, a lot of conjecture from people as to um, as to whether this dye process would actually work. But the total the total cost of product saved is is around twenty percent. And so, you know, um, if you look at overall savings, um, you're probably somewhere in the twenty-five to fifty percent uh, area. So it's pretty significant. Twenty-five to fifty percent savings versus what's being done today. Is correct. that correct? Correct. Yeah. Wow. So it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything we left out there or is that you can think of? So. Are you good? I think we're good. I think, you know, thank you. Thanks for all your questions. It's been, it's been great. All righty. Thanks again to Graham Stewart for his time today on the Green Insider. Alongside Mike Niemer, I'm Greg Frank. I want to remind everybody to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast from, because as the saying goes, you learn something new every day. And we were responsible for today's lesson. Again, for Mike Niemer, I'm Greg Frank. This has been episode 149 of the Green Insider, powered by You Renewable. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your day.